Do you want to start a business, get out of the office, achieve happiness and success while crushing life? This is Boss to Boss, the place to be for that extra motivation to get up and follow your dreams while learning from the ones who have already done it. And now for your host, Miro Wieslow. Welcome to Boss to Boss. Today's guest is a seasoned entrepreneur and is known as the Makeover Master. He works with successful entrepreneurs to launch or rebrand their online presence through his unique process, the Makeover Experience. Mr. Mike Young, how yeah. are you doing today, sir? Thanks for having me on today, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I've, uh, I've heard about you now through a couple friends and uh, here we are connected through this you know, online world. It's so easy to connect with people. I love it. Well, Mike, uh, so recently you've just been traveling, right? Where did you, uh, where did you go? Yeah, I, I just got back uh, last Friday from a mastermind, a business mastermind mm -hmm. in Medellin, Colombia. Uh, that was that really? was one of the coolest cities I've ever been to. Um, we had a lot of fun. We also worked a lot, worked very hard, um, and the mastermind was was filled with a lot of really killer people uh, in the world of marketing, advertising, online advertising, and. Uh, and branding. So it was a, it was a cool event. Wow. So not, not only did you get to go out there for a great event, you got to go to Medellin at the same time. Yeah, sure it was, it was, a, it was, you know, we, my wife and I were, uh, before the event, we watched a Pablo Escobar movie and she's like, you better be <laughs> safe. You better be safe. Don't get killed. And it wasn't, it wasn't dangerous. Uh, from my perspective, it was, it was pretty tame. Um, so for everybody else tuning in, whether you're watching the video on YouTube, whether you're watching it on Facebook or you're just following along on a podcast channel, be sure to check out Mike Young. Uh, that's uh, on, on Instagram at Mike Young Makeovers or his website, themakeovermaster.com, where you can find all the all the good stuff, all the links, everything else. Uh, but yeah, Mike Mike Young Makeovers. Um, that's that's the main uh, tag, right? And themakeovermaster.com. Is yeah, there anything else main, that you my main uh, my main hashtag? I'm mostly on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and uh, and all the other platforms. I'm not really on. Uh, I don't really resonate with Twitter very well, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't blame you. I um I've given it a try numerous times now, and it's just it's there. It's there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Uh, you know, I think I think all of us um, have a personality type, an archetype, and some of us. That, that's why you still see people on Twitter. They really resonate with the style and the you know under two hundred and fifty characters or whatever it is. And other people can't seem to figure it out because we're all hardwired in some way. Um, and I find that that's true for branding as well. As people have their ideas about what branding is and what it isn't, and and you have to really understand people and how they're wired and, and your business almost becomes easy in the middle if you can can figure out, mm -hmm. you know, how, how most people are wired. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I got some crazy uh, lights going on over here, <laughs> as you can see. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's crazy. And I mean, this this kind of the reason why I wanted to go with this question is to bring it back to you being a branding expert here now. And, you know, I figured if there's one person that I would ask about why I should go, you know, with Instagram or Facebook mm. compared to Twitter, 
uh, you'd be the one to ask. Um, but I, it sounds like your journey hasn't been simple. It hasn't been simple. Just like mine hasn't been simple. I, I, you know, I came here as an immigrant. I, I, I did the nine to five thing. I, I tried numerous things and I failed numerous times. And, uh, just listening to your story, uh, what, what do you think, when was that breaking point? Um, it sounds like there were many when you were like, I'm done with this nine to five. I'm, I'm done with working for other people. When were these breaking points? The main one, I guess. Yeah. You know, I, I think as a kid, I was always, uh, I wouldn't say rebellious necessarily, but I would say I didn't, I didn't like people telling me what to do for some reason. So when I was even, even as a child, my parents would say, don't eat your broccoli to get me to eat the broccoli. I would always do the opposite. And I tried working for a job, you know, and when I grew up through high school, I had a job and then I, I had several jobs, you know, in steel industry. Uh, my dad was entrepreneurial. Um, I really had a, a visceral reaction to punching the time clock and then punching out for my break. I mean, it felt like elementary school. And if now that my kids are in elementary school, you see the patterns, you know, they're mm -hmm. really conditioned for the nine to five job. It's show up at eight o'clock, you get a 15 minute break, you get a recess, you get a lunch, and then you're, the bell rings, you're off to school. And I started, um, I was in the mortgage industry from 1998 to 2003. Mm -hmm. And the regulations at that time had started to shift the industry. It just started to get more and more regulated, yes. more and more rules. And I, I had this reaction like, screw this. I'm going to, I'm going to go start my own mortgage company on my own. I did it with five business partners and that was kind of my first, that was the first shift was I'm going to go out on my own and I did it with five business partners. And even that morphed into, we took a company with, with six people and grew it to 10 offices and 250 plus employees. That's great. And how long did that take you? Uh, three years. <clears throat> wow. And, wow. Uh, was it, was it pretty local or spread out? Uh, it was in the Northwest in the U S so it was Oregon, Washington, Idaho, pretty much. Wow. And in three years. That's pretty, that's extraordinary. I mean, that's, yeah, you know, it was a fun ride for a while growth. and then it, and then it morphed into almost, I created my own worst nightmare again and mm -hmm. it, it created the bureaucracy that I, that I so desperately wanted to avoid. We fell back into, you know, I wanted to, I was going through strategic coach at the time and I found that I was more efficient if I worked four days a week and the water cooler talk and employees and my business partners were like, why is Mike never here on Fridays? Even though I had proven internally that I actually got more done and operate better on four days a week. Mm -hmm. Um, and that drove me insane. I was just, I had had enough of people, uh, you know, basically telling me what to do and how to do it. Cause I was always striving to be better. I was always striving for efficiency and that's, and I, I still am that way today. That's why I still go to mastermind events and why I still go to, uh, level up my game with people that know more than me in certain areas. Got it. And it's interesting that you had so many business partners. Do you think that would you have gone that same route? Would you have had numerous business partners or would you have gone solo at it? You know, I don't, I think at the time, my skill set, my knowledge, my, you know, my habits, everything probably wouldn't allow me to go out on my own at the time. I didn't, I just didn't know enough. And in 2008 was kind of my next 
tipping point was my son was turning one year old uh, in March of 2008. I had really become fed up. I'd created my own misery, like I said. And I went home. I told my wife, I just said, you know, I'm just really not happy doing what I'm doing. I, I feel like there's something more for me. There's something better I can do. And and I'm miserable and I don't enjoy it. And she was so eloquent and, and she's always supported me. And she just said, well, just quit. And just quit. Just, just go. quit. You just know? And, and two weeks later, I quit. And, A woman's and, touch. It's all we yeah, need, right? You know, and, and honestly, I mean, I think I was I wasn't happy. So it mm -hmm. made the decision easier. And I was starting to go broke at the time financially. The mortgage, the mortgage slide had already started and, and our company was, I could see the writing on the wall, so to speak. I could see that this is going down a dark path. And I, I literally quit without any plan. I didn't have a plan B. I didn't know what I was gonna do next. I just quit doing what I was doing. I went from 200 plus emails per day to zero overnight. And it was very uncomfortable because when you take that leap of faith and bet on yourself, you, you just, you have all those questions of self doubt and fear and all those things that are going on. But I, yeah. I knew I was doing the right thing. I just didn't know what I was going to do next. I guess, did it help with the, the ease of it since you had other business partners? So you couldn't, so you weren't like, Oh, I'm going to take the full blame on it. We all kind of, you know, that, that made it, that made it super easy. Um, from the standpoint as I went in, I went into my main business partner's office and I just said, you know, I'm not happy doing on what I'm doing. I, I want out of the company, but I don't want anything that we, they bought me out for a dollar. Mm -hmm. Um, and so because I think if we were thriving, I would have, you know, got a package deal and, and gotten a severance package and all Something, that, right? but, but we were starting to fail as a company. And I, I didn't want anything, honestly. I just wanted out. So yeah. they bought me, bought me out for a dollar and I left the next day. Um, so that made it super easy because there was five people that could keep the company going. And can you explain to the listeners why you had there had to be some sort of monetary value, even though it was just a dollar? Yeah, it was. It was. Um, you know, our lawyers said, hey, if you're going to buy them out, we need we need a contractual thing that says we're buying them out for this month. Um, there was a non-compete. So it said I wouldn't come back and sue them later. You know, it was, it was just a legal uh, protection for the company that that protected them from me doing anything in the future. And it made it official. Yeah. So there has to be a consideration uh, pretty much that has to be in place, right, for the transaction to be official. And that's kind of what the, what the attorney. Yeah. So for all the listeners, you know, tuning in, you're not just getting, you know, your entrepreneurial, uh, <laughs> spirits going, you, you're getting a little bit of law too. Right. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. So it sounds like you just sort of had enough. And w w when that moment came, did you know, like, Oh, here I am, I'm just going to start helping people with crazy makeovers and brand them mm -hmm. and uh, make them be amazing. Did you know, or, uh, you know, I think, I think the best thing I did, I had a vision. Uh, the vision was very loose. It wasn't attached to a certain entity or a certain company. I was disillusioned at the time. I thought it would be easy. Yeah. I just I just built a multi-million dollar company in three years. I thought I could just do it again on my own. Um, we I started with a nonprofit organization for financial literacy for high school students and and took on a bunch of investor money. And within five months, I'd run that into the ground. And that was that was the event that was 
very painful for me. I, I had a lot of shame and remorse around. I take using- it there had to be some repercussions, right, with the investors or? Uh, you know, it, it, it got, I mean, we just literally lost all the money. Um, the, the entity did not work. Um, and, and we did have agreements with the investors that said, there's no guarantee here. Although mm-hmm. personally, I took it very hard at the time. It, it created a lot of self doubt, a lot of self-confidence issues. Uh, I had tremendous shame around losing other people's money. Um, yeah, so that was, that, that was yeah. really, really hard on me. Wow. So not only did you just, you know, kind of hit it, hit a bottom with, with the whole mortgage crisis and getting pretty much bought out of that business and, you know, just not wanting to do it anymore. You tried something else right away and boom, that failed instantly. And it sounds like even worse. How did you get back up? You know, that spiraled me a little bit into really a, a three and a half year depression, I think. Um, now at this point you were in what your mid 30s so i was so that was 2009 so so late 30s yeah so 34 okay 30 yeah do you think it had something to do with like i know it's a you know cliche thing it's like that you know you hit your 30s and it's like the midlife crisis sort of ordeal even though it's like more like a quarter life crisis but (laughs) yeah right was that Uh, that, that's how it that's how it felt uh-huh. Um, I didn't know what to do. We had gone broke, essentially. My wife and I moved to Seattle. I I went through a period where I didn't come out of the woodworks for a while. I got off all social media. Mm-hmm. Um, the vision I had was originally was I wanted to create something that provided massive value to my clients. Um, I wanted to have limited meetings, limited phone calls, limited emails. Uh, you know, I, I wanted money to show up in my bank account. It's like I wanted the uh, entrepreneurial dream, you know, the American dream. And I didn't realize at the time how hard it, the journey is simple, but it was it's not easy. And it was just so hard to make it through that time. I don't regret it in hindsight. It was a period of self-discovery for me. Okay. I created I created over 50 brands from 2010 to 2015. Can you, can you like explain what you mean by that? Mm. Every idea I had, I created a logo, a Facebook page and a website around it. So even if it wasn't for anybody, it was just your own. Uh, it would be like, I think my next thing is automated, uh, email marketing for real estate agents. And then we'd create a company name and create an entity and we'd try and sell it. And I, I had actually partnered at, during that time with one other friend of mine as a business partner. And so he was an idea guy and I was taking care of all the behind the scenes. So I would get the logo created, the Facebook, the website. And you would go and as I, far as making like the business official too, like with the state? We had like, one official business and okay. everything else was a DBA. Got it. And... Uh, and out of the 50 brands we tried, uh, three of them actually did pretty well mm-hmm. and took off. And that's when I began to see the patterns of these are the things that failed and why, and these are the things that succeeded and why. And I also became really fell in love with the process. And I'd learned so many mistakes about branding and, and so many mistakes about buying stolen logos and different things. And and learned a lot about the graphic design world. Wait, did you say stolen logos? Yeah, I mean, there, there's what a good is that? Ha- what does that mean? The, 
I would say half the industry in graphic design, you go to 99designs or Fiverr or those types of things. Yeah. You ask for a logo and you get a logo you really like. But if you reverse engineer that logo and look online, a lot of times it's someone uh, it's someone that that's what they do for a living is they take the logo and they reproduce it over and over again and sell it mm-hmm. multiple times. Oh, wow. So we built this coaching company and it had a, a logo and I found a designer on 99designs and I said, I need to now build out the entire brand. And she replied with, that's great. Would you like me to build it on a fresh custom logo instead of a stolen logo? And no, <laughs> I had no idea what she was talking about. Oh, man. And she showed me a web page where it had my exact, my exact logo with, with 250 other of the exact same logo with just changes to the colors and the name. Wow. And uh, so it opened my eyes to that world of custom design versus just rip off artists is what I call them. Right. And, and so that was, that was the start of the makeover master was Mm -hmm. I created a design agency to help other small businesses, not only avoid the mistakes I'd made, but to realize that a logo is not going to make the difference in your business. A a font color palette's not going to make the difference. It's really everything together that makes the difference. Um, to looking the part of your business image online. Oh, wow. Well, that's, uh, I can see where this really built up like trial and error, trial and error constantly. Mm. And I mean, during those years, were you really making much money or how did you supplement that? Cause it sounds like it took you a while to kind of build it up to where you're at now. Yeah, I went through, um, I went through two periods of 15 months of no income. Uh, one was wow. right after, right after we lost, uh, the investor money and, mm-hmm. and that had failed, uh, how we got through, my wife got a job at a mm-hmm. casino. We were, we were flip-flopping schedules. She was a bartender at a casino. I was working during the day in coffee shops, local coffee shops. And we just kind of made it work. We made just enough money to pay our bills wow. as I was trying to figure it out. Um, we even had a stretch back in 2010 where we needed government assistance. And so mm-hmm. I know what that feels like to, to get in the car and drive your wife and kid to the, the, uh, the welfare office. That's not the best feeling in the world as a man. Um, the second period was when I started the graphic design agency. We went, we went through another 15 months of no income. Mm-hmm. And I had made enough money in the previous three years with my, my other company uh, to sustain me for about 12 of those months. And then, and then as things began to take off with the makeover master and stuff, it, it, it wasn't as hard, but it was, it was still hard. Um, the, the going, the going broke in the ups and downs of, of becoming your own boss and being an entrepreneur. I think that most people, they, they don't talk about it enough online. No, no. So and it sounds like get, your story here is pretty extraordinary. I mean, you, wow, you had, you name it, it happened to you. It's yeah. You know, people get so depressed online. Yeah, they yeah. see this, they see this facade. They see mm-hmm. like, Hey, my life's great. Mm-hmm. And, and today my life is great, but, but people don't talk about the real struggles. They get depressed and, and suicide rates are up with entrepreneurs. Um, you know, so many people, I think, yeah. I think one of the things I would recommend to your audience is surround yourself with like-minded people that support you. And so we mentioned before the interview, we mentioned our friend Dorothy, 
Um, I have a buddy in, in Phoenix, Mike TG, you know, I have, I have a, su a support network online of people that I could trust. We could have open candid conversations with, we could make it through the tough times together. And that was probably one of the best things I'd ever done. Yeah. It's uh, so funny and not, not so funny, but the fact that you bring that up, it's something that I talk about all the time and I'm part of some masterminds myself and just the importance because, you know, Sometimes your family, your friends, yeah, they might be the close. They may be the closest to you, but they don't know deep down inside what you're going through, mm. right? And yeah, you with know, those... I mean, I even had periods of time where I had to separate myself from family and friends because really? they, they, their best intentions mm -hmm. can fill you with with uh, seeds of doubt and yeah. fear, and you know, maybe you should just get a job, you know, those types of things. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna go a little off off topic here. I mean, well, not off topic, but that's something that that I had to go through. You know, there's moments and times. How did you deal with that? Did you actually? How did you separate? And you know, mm. to, it sounds like you you're definitely very strong mentally because to get through all this and go through even your family telling you no, um, that that is not easy to do. And those are some things I deal with. I know other people deal with. How did you separate? Like, what did you do during those moments? Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a, there's a couple of tricks. Like, if you look at, if you look at any challenge or obstacle, it's really the ability to reframe your brain around what it, what it means, what its meaning is. So, a couple of tricks is I created a very strong um, core purpose for, like, people will call it their why. You know, if you can get yeah get through anyhow if you got a strong enough why type of thing okay um you know and mine was if i quit it shows my kids because kids model their parents behavior it shows my kids that it's okay to qu quit and give up on a life of your dreams mm -hmm. and that was actually stronger than the feeling of quitting so every time i got to a breaking point where it was like maybe i should give up the thought of showing my kids what it looks like to quit on your dreams was more painful to me. And so if, if I show them what it looks like to, to live a settled life and get a bank job and a 401k and a gold watch, they're going to model that behavior. And that was just simply unacceptable to me. <laughs> so that was one. The second thing wow. I did is I created um, what I would call an isolation bubble. Okay. Eliminated all major media. I eliminated anybody that didn't support me um, mm. online. I, I I filtered my Facebook and my social when I got back on to social. Yeah, I filtered it all so that I only saw what I wanted to see. So my my feed for a long time was filled with Gary V, Tim Ferriss, Russell Brunson. You know, it was mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. that were feeding my brain and and really brainwashing me to a certain expect, yeah. extent. And so, so with if I could eliminate with positivity, all noise, with optimism, right? That, that uh, part optimism, that you're missing, hope. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Marketing. You know, I, I filled for two years, I filled my feed with just marketing and advertising talk. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to learn the online game and how to build my own personal brand. And, and I just eliminated anything that didn't have to do with that. Um, but it's very, very hard and very difficult for some of your closest friends and family to get it. Um, they, they do begin to think you're a bit crazy, but I knew that there was a means to an end. Oh man. Uh, 
just you talking, I could relate to so much. I could be <laughs> like, wow, I remember that point. I remember that point. I'm going through that point right now. <laughs> Hopefully I don't go there, but I will hit that point soon. Yeah. It's like, it's crazy. Um, they, they, yeah, a lot of people do think you're crazy and, you know, and, and it's normal. And it's something we kind of learn to just expect and we just kind of go with it. Right. Um, you know, it's like, I don't remember the, the old <laughs> saying or quote exactly, but it's something like to, you know, actually, you know who it's from? It's from Dave Ramsey. Mm-hmm. It's to get what other people don't have. You have to do what other people aren't willing to do type of thing. And, and now I'm a, I'm at the place where my business and my life are, how do I say that? It's, it's at a place where most people don't have it, but at the same time, most people would never make it through what I made it through. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not to say I'm special or unique or anything like that. It's just that those challenges were real and they're very tough and, and, you see it online all the time that people hit their first obstacle and they quit or they do five podcasts and then they stop their podcast. And I think the secret to the whole thing is, is determining why you're not going to quit and then just not quitting. Yeah. I mean, definitely I could sense the why just talking to you, I could sense the why and you know, for someone that's sitting there though and debating, I, about a year and a half ago, I quit my CPA job. You know, I was pretty well off. I came here. I had to be a doctor, attorney, CPA, engineer. I did it. I made my parents happy, made, you know, other family members happy. I was set for my life. But no, like I, I had that itch. I hated it. I was depressed. You know, I was I was suicidal. I, I, I was, you know, a lot of bad things happened to me. I didn't want to come into work. I gained 50 pounds. Until I made that change and, you know, here I am and, and it hasn't been easy. It has not been easy. And, but you know, I, I wouldn't go back no matter what though, even though the ride has been a roller coaster, I would not go back because giving up that, that freedom, giving up watching, you know, something grow from nothing that you are a part of just mean, means so much more to me at the end of the day. What would you tell someone like me a year and a half ago that was debating whether or not they should go for it? Cause it's not, it's not easy. It's, it's not. Yeah, I would, I would say, I'd say there are certain people and it's a very small percentage of people that, mm-hmm. that quite simply aren't wired that way. And they probably shouldn't be an entrepreneur and, or they, they either don't have the, the talent or the skills or they don't have the mindset and they're just not wired that way. And that's okay. It's okay to be wired and, and crave that comfort and security of, of a nine to five job. Um, I would say another reframe for me was just the, the admitting and the recognition of I'm going to die. And I, I got to the place where I'd realized I'd written three or four chapters of my book, so to speak, my book of life. Mm-hmm. And there are anywhere from 17 minutes from now till three or four chapters more of my book to be written. Um, you know, I could live to be 80 or 90 or 100. And how do I want those chapters to go down? And, and it got to the place where just admitting that and just admitting that I'm going to die someday and somebody's going to talk about what I did. And do I want my, do I want my line to be home to office to home to office, or do I want it to be more global and worldwide? And like, Oh, he went to Medellin, he went to Phuket, Thailand, he went to uh, Ireland in in March, you know, those types of things. And, and I just said, you know, it's worth it. I'm worth it. 
And I think so much of it too is really, it comes down to self-worth and self-love mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because for so long I didn't have any, I, I had, I had no self-confidence and low self-esteem issues after the, after the two failures. Yeah. And once I cracked the code on that, it was, it became so much easier. You know, money started arriving in my bank account because I stopped beating myself and, and flogging myself, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, listeners, I mean, you could definitely get a lot out of that. Um, you know, no matter what you just keep pushing, you, you have those reasons, you find your why picture, you know, you picture that you, you are immortal, you know, your, your life eventually will end. And, and if, if Mike over here can get through it, um, we, we definitely all could, that's for sure. And, uh, for everybody else following along, be sure, be sure to make sure you check out Mike Young makeovers on Instagram, Facebook, or the makeovermaster.com. Uh, check him out, Facebook, Instagram, uh, his website, is uh, is amazing contents all the branding that he's done for for numerous individuals now uh there's a bunch of right testimonials up there and just uh pictures of all the different people that you've you've served thus far and you're making a difference with um so yeah mike uh now we are on we, we survived the first part of the show now <laughs> we're uh we're time to we're gonna we're gonna kind of pick it up a little notch so we're on to the listeners favorite favorite segment of the show welcome to the round with no name because they're all taken i don't really have like a drum or anything drum roll (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know what you're expecting but that's all you get ah well all right you're gonna have five seconds to answer each and every single question well as long as you initiate the answer in five seconds sure otherwise you didn't see him but my producer steve he's known as the leg breaker he uh he comes out he comes out i don't want to have to deal with him i love my legs so Let's uh let's keep this thing quick and just just think just sure. whatever pops I don't think actually whatever pops up just just say it. You got it. So here we go. What is your favorite book? Napoleon Hill, The Laws of Success. I might be a boss to boss exclusive actually. What is your favorite movie? Rocky Two. It's a solid solid choice. Who is or has been your greatest mentor? Mitch Miller. If you're stranded on an island for the unforeseeable future, what is the one item you want with you? My family. That's that's a very, <laughs> very that's safe kind of choice. Cheating. That's a very safe choice. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. You got it. How do you drink your coffee? Black. Just straight up black? Yep. You know what they say, right? I could say this because I drink it black too, but Supposedly, some study out there showed that if you drink it black, you you have psychotic tendencies or symptoms or something. So, or you just got tired of drinking sugar and wanted to lose. <laughs> <laughs> or it just shows that we're you know we are entrepreneurs and a lot of us drink black coffee because we like to be different. And there you go, there you go. I don't have one with me. I got my green shake, but. What is the one item you do consume every day? It could be something you eat, you drink, or you could just wear it. But what is the one item you need with you every single day or at, or consume? Water. <laughs> another, another easy answer. Okay, okay, okay. That's fine. That's fine. How do you feel about if you had an unlimited amount of money and you could start up any business you wanted to, but it can't be your business? What would it be? Mm. I would say it would be a, a consulting or coaching company for entrepreneurs. 
you think there's still uh you don't think that's too crowded at this point nope interesting <laughs> how do you feel about socks and sandals uh i feel like they don't go together well i was trying to keep a straight face <laughs> I, I i get some crazy answers so ah well you survived you're there i'm here but leg breaker never came out so we're good good we made it we made it through the the round with no name because all their good names were taken <laughs> <laughs> uh can you uh so uh, regarding that, regarding the previous question uh, about starting up a coaching, you know, for entrepreneurs type mm. of uh, business, why why do you feel that that's not like that? There's not too many of those right now. Like I feel like for me, I feel like I sometimes I'm being pushed into too much. There's too much mm. info, too much out there, and I just I'm at the point where I need to be taking action. Sure. Uh, what's your I argument think, for that? I think that there are seven and a half billion people on the planet. And when you create a brand and you know what you stand for and more importantly, what you stand against, that there are always people that will connect with you on that level. There are people that will connect with my story and who I am versus uh, Amy Porterfield or Tony Robbins or whatever. And, and so you can create a coaching company that attracts your ideal clients into that. They connect with you on a deep level. You connect with them. And you'll have a much deeper experience. So it doesn't always have to be a coaching company that that's there to serve thousands. It could yeah. be there to serve ten people a year. Um, and so, so that's why I think entrepreneurship and and personal branding and and these things are so important. Is because you give if you put yourself out there, you give your audience an opportunity to self-select whether they want to work with you. But you have to. You have to become known for something and you have to pick exactly. a lane and you have to pick a niche. There are definitely a lot of people out there that are trying to push things where they haven't really done too much. But, uh, I mean, it's like with everything, right? Things, people will get weaved out, you know, the, the strong will survive. And, um, definitely as, as you're saying, it sounds like quality, right? Over to quantity. Yeah. And I, I think, quality. I think that you, you touched on a point is there's so many people out there that, that, are operating under literally the definition of fraud where they haven't done what they're trying to teach on yet. And that's part of the reason I don't have a mastermind group of my own right now. I don't have a consulting or coaching company around this stuff mm -hmm. is because I'm not where I want to be yet. But I think going into next year, I'm going to hold my first event next year around April, May. Do you want to, is this going to be a boss to boss exclusive here? Do you want to throw it out there? Maybe. <laughs> if I knew what that meant. <laughs> well, do you do you have any details about it? Uh, or anything? I I think it's going to be in in my hometown uh, area of Portland, mm -hmm. Oregon. It's okay. it's going to be less than fifty people for sure. Um, and I think I'm going to run a mastermind with with ten people and going into next year and show them how I went from starting from zero to building a multi million dollar a year company. But I haven't cracked the code on a couple less pieces yet, and I won't run that until I've done it. So, got it. I respect that. Yeah. Okay, Mike. Well, it's been a, it's been a truly a pleasure, truly a pleasure having you on. The mic is yours. If you have any closing thoughts or anything else you want to share with our with our listeners here, uh, the mic is yours. Yeah, I would just say I would say for any entrepreneur thinking about leaving their job. Um, 
or or people that have left their job that are struggling is like just to recognize that you are worth it that if you can crack the code on how you tick and how you operate and what really fills you that that's half the battle then understanding how people work and humans work and why they buy things that's the other half the battle the business stuff in the middle becomes easy awesome awesome i i i have no I, I shouldn't be saying anything else because that's just perfect, period, <laughs> period, period. Awesome, Mike Young. It's uh, It's been a, such a pleasure having you on, everybody. That's Mike Young Makeovers at themakeovermaster.com. It's been uh, truly a pleasure having you on. I love connecting. I love hearing about your story and just the ups and downs, ups and downs. It's so, it's so motivational and so encouraging. It's someone for me, just myself, as mm-hmm. I'm going through a lot of things like that and I went through, um, but not, not at your level. And, uh, it's very, very encouraging. Thank you for sharing. Mary, thanks for having me on today. I really appreciate it, man. It's been a pleasure. That is all for this episode of Boss to Boss. Your next step is to visit boss2boss.com, where you will find proven techniques followed by professionals to help you make that next step. Again, that is boss, the number two boss.com. And remember, the time is now.